We're the Bourbon Brothers. I'm Lance. And I'm Butch. And we are coming to you live, as always, from the BGB Speakeasy. Yes, my favorite place to hang out. Newly remodeled, I might add. Yes, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to announce this. We have our first official sponsor. You know who it is? I'm serious. I don't. LS Custom Cabinetry. <laughs> yes. So what I speak of is uh, this beautiful piece of uh, furniture that LS Custom Cabinetry put together and uh, is now our new podcast table. At the cost of materials only. That's pretty gracious of them, yes, right? Yes, yes. The bad news is uh, it takes some time. It took uh, <laughs> almost four weeks for design, engineering, I purchasing of materials. You have to admit, though, they did run into some design change issues they, at the they last did. minute. And, and they overcame it. So, again, uh, we have that sponsor. And I tell you what, <laughs> home run. So if anybody's looking for some custom cabinetry, hit up LS. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> Get retired after two tables. <laughs> but, uh, no, in all seriousness, we've been using a, uh, a, an archery target for our podcasting table. And this is uh, slowly evolving in our studio. And uh, um, I had a shelf. Lance had an idea. And, uh, man, he hit a home run. So we'll actually uh, take a photo and put it up on Instagram. Um, it actually looks really, really nice, like I bought it from the store. So well done, brother. Good job. Thank you. Yes, yes, Thank yes, you. yes. Thank you, everybody. Yes, so well done. So here we are. Talk to me. What uh, What's on the agenda for tonight? So we were talking about some more affordable bourbons and trying to find some hidden gems. And I was gifted a bottle from a friend that took a trip to Kentucky. And I thought it was just like a bottom shelf, nobody brand. And then I started looking into it and it sounds very interesting. So I brought the bottle over tonight and it is Green River Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Um, And there's a lot of history behind it, but it's kind of a re-emerging label. So why is it re-emerging, Butch? Yeah, so um, as Lance mentioned, today's episode um, segment is Reemerging Label. And this is a bottle that uh, um, I've been seeing popping up on Instagram the last few months. And uh, we're calling it Reemerging because, as we both thought it was an emerging label, Green River actually uh, came out in 1885. And they've not been distilling since um, 1885, but they originally uh, started distilling in 1885. And they've overcome a lot. Yes. So this is a, a brand that's uh, bringing um, bring brought back to the market. Um, they started distilling um, again in 2016. So they, they announced that they're going to reopen the distillery and the brand um, in 2021. And they had their first offering, which we have in front of us, February 11th of 2022. So we're just over a, a little over a year past the, the initial release of their the first juices that they distilled. In Owensboro, Kentucky. Owensboro, Kentucky. Interesting. Um, not familiar um, with this whole distillery. Honestly, I thought it was newer. So um, it's nice to learn um, about uh, new bottles and new labels, even though this is not necessarily new label. Yeah. Newer, yeah. again. Yeah, and, you know, looking into this, this is Western Kentucky. And you read about Owensboro, and Owensboro was very significant to the emergence of um, bourbon pre-prohibition. Um, and there was a number of distilleries in Owensboro, but Green River was the biggest, most influential. So there's a lot of history behind this bottle. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, Kentucky's 10th oldest distillery. Um, Green River was celebrated for quality. It became known as the Whiskey Without Regrets. That's yes, kind of cool. And on the back of the bottle, it says a legacy revived. 
Yeah, and and the, I think another cool touch, the uh, the master distiller they picked up, Jacob Call, has family history that goes back to distilling on their family farm in the 1700s. So we're talking, what's that, 600 years? Long time. No, it's just 320 years. It's only 320 years. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's, just, it's a long time. It's <laughs> a long time. Um, beautiful bottle. I do like it. Um, so Lance and I just came back from a, uh, a Kentucky trip. We went down there with their wives and went to multiple distilleries. And this was a bottle that was on my list to uh, to purchase um, and actually did not purchase because of all the other bottles that I uh, <laughs> that I bought. And Lance like, I got one at home. How many did you buy for $34.99? Oh, boy, zero. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been the cheapest bottle this, you bought. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the retail price, the suggested retail price is $34.99. So it's it's uh, readily available, right? I think we can find it. Can we find it here in Michigan? I don't think so. I'm not positive. I don't think, I don't think hence so. why I wanted to buy in Kentucky. So yeah. I think that's fair. Um, they do um, they do sell in 25 states. So obviously Michigan's not on that yeah, list. Michigan will be the 49th next yeah. to Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> which I go this uh, this weekend. <laughs> so I'll find out if that's true or not. That's funny. Yeah. So you mentioned they started distilling back in 2016. So at the time of uh, they pulled this juice out of the barrel, it was. A little over five years. So it's five plus years is the age statement that's been shared. Um, so it's younger, but it's got an interesting mash bill. Um, 70% corn, so it's a solid corn bourbon, but it's entering that high rye area. 21%, but specifically winter rye. Now, I'm, I'm interested. I've never seen winter rye called out as part of the mash bill, so I'm interested to see what kind of characteristics are different about a winter rye than... I don't know. Is a winter rye different than a standard rye? I'm assuming. Yeah. Fair assumption. Yeah, once harvested in the winter and <laughs> once in the summer. And then we get technical with nine percent <laughs> malted two and six row barley. Yeah. I think I've only had three and five row barley, but I'm more of a, <laughs> uh, a, a one and seven guy myself. But this is fine. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Bunch of bullshit. It'll work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so ninety proof bottle, um, yeah. which is. I'm excited to try it because if, if you look at both your and my collections, um, we don't have a lot of low-proof bottles that uh, um, that grab our attention. So this one this one is. Um, and as Lance alluded to, we're assuming that it's around, around five, five and a half years old. There is no age statement on the bottle. But being Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, it has to be at least four years because if it was less than four, they'd have to declare their, that age in the bottle. Uh, the review that I read, he said that his investigation said it was a little over five years old. Okay. So I'm going off secondhand information. Because, yeah, they started distilling again in 2016. So um, it makes sense, right? Yeah. So it all lines up. So you're already in the nose. So uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us about it? I think it's it's actually, it's got a good nose for a 90 proof. Sometimes 90 proofs you get uh, a really light aroma coming off, but it's got a good strong aroma. I would say the first things that hit me are so a little bit of cinnamon, um, I would. I want to say like a little bit of vanilla and some oak. Very traditional, but nice. Um, I'm getting brown sugar. Okay, um, is the one that jumps out. It's sweet. It's uh, it's light, which makes sense for a five year ninety proof um, bourbon. Um, I'm getting some caramel, which makes sense because of the high um, corn percent. Um, but that's that's about it right now. I'm getting so overall, it's nice. Yeah, it is. So why don't you cheers and cheers? I'm gonna get into it. Okay, I'm going to ramble on because I don't have anything. We've used all our good information. No, um, no, but it's it's cool. It's uh, um, it's definitely it drinks young. It drinks light. 
um, that sweetness on the nose carry through um, for me. I'm getting caramel corn, the candy. You know, the orange and white triangle Halloween candy tastes like caramel corn to me. Now, see, I'm getting a little bit of separation of, I think, what you're talking about because I'm getting like that that caramel taste, but I'm also getting like some like dried sweet fruit taste, hmm. but just a little bit separate for me. Um, there's a little bit of floral notes in there, but I'm not getting, again, my first sip or two, not a lot of uh, um, fruity notes. Um, just a traditional bourbon for me. Caramel, that caramel, caramel corn, a little bit of brown sugar. And uh, it's overall, it's it's very smooth. It, it doesn't, I don't get a whole lot of Kentucky hug. Just overall, just a very nice drinking bourbon. I will say this, for a young bourbon, though, it's got a great mouthfeel. And although it's not a strong finish, it kind of hangs around for a while. I, I do agree with you on the mouthfeel. Um, most light bourbons to us don't have that nice oily, oily, viscous yeah. mouthfeel, and, and this one certainly does. Um, one thing that we didn't mention is in 2022, July, Bardstown Bourbon Company actually purchased Green River. And uh, um, when we were down there, I saw this bottle for sale in their retail shop, and it makes sense now. So they actually own it, and there's some thought that they wanted to expand their production, and that's why they purchased it. Um, because up to really 2023, Bardstown was purchasing um, everybody else's juice and then selling it because their own um, dissolute that they started, you know, five years ago wasn't ready. And now they released Origin Series. Um, so this is actually their first juice that they released. And it was a little over six years ago was because it? all the Origin releases six years. Okay. Statement. Okay. Yep. But you're, you're, you're spot on. So they were all NDP. Yep. So, interesting. Um, and, and I didn't even realize that Bardstown is one of the largest NDP um, distilleries, um, meaning that they're purchasing other people's juice. But I think that's going to completely change here in the near future as they transition away from um, being all about the f- um, um, fusion and going more to discovery. So, so if, you, if you haven't heard the acronym NDP, um, Butch actually brought, brought it to light for me a, a while ago, but non-distiller producer. So um, Bardstown wasn't distilling their own stuff, but they were buying other stuff and blending it and finishing it um, and producing whiskeys that were definitely their own, but the the distilled juice was from somebody else. Because they had no choice. Yeah, they were Um, waiting for their first distillate to age. Well, I guess they did have a choice. They could sell shit, and and, and that would never... I mean, Bardstown, that name has some weight in the bourbon industry now, right? Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, they do. They do. So um, I think they've they've done a really good job um, buying other people's juice, blending it, and and making it relevant. And all and these collaborations they did with different finishes, sometimes finishing in other products used barrels, sometimes just in a different kind of wood, light toasted cherry. That's one of the things they did with their rye for their origin. This isn't about Bardstown, but it kind of is now, right? Because they're the the owner of this company. Um, I'm getting a lot of floral notes. Are you um, really? As I, I continue to go back, and I went back in to the nose before I um, took a sip again, and this is very pleasant. This is a very crushable bottle. Um, at being 90 proof, I could see you sitting on the patio, some friends just, you know, just having a pour, you know, if you're grilling with some buddies, and you could easily cash out a bottle pretty quick. 
And that's what the one review I said, he scientifically reviewed half the bottle. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I could see that happening. It's that really easy, easy. Um, drinking. I'm going to go on a limb and say both of our wives who um, are a little bit newer into bourbon and whiskey, they would really enjoy this. I was just going to say that because your, your wife's been doing drinking a little bit more bourbon than, than mine. And she said, you know, I want you to find something that's kind of like nice and soft and easy going. I want to try some this weekend. I think this is going to be it. I really do. And in fact, my recommendation to uh, both of them is to um, try it neat, but also try it on ice. Because I think some of the flavors are going to pop on ice, in my personal opinion. I think it'll transition from a little bit of that caramel to more of the the sweeter fruit if you throw an ice cube in it. So um, one other thing about uh, Green River, um, they have three expressions as of 2023. They originally started with the straight uh, bourbon whiskey, which we're having right now. And then this year, they also launched uh, Single Barrel and Weeded. And uh, based off of this, I'm really interested to try Single Barrel. Um, I guess I'm interested to try all three of them, but Single Barrel catches my attention because of those flavor profiles changing barrel to barrel. Yeah. So, And it'll be interesting to see, for a Single Barrel, somebody's selecting the better juice that they're going to put from a Single Barrel as opposed to blending it, right? Yeah. And it's always risky when you start getting those Single Barrels. Um, but why don't you bring us home and t- tell us about the uh, the finish real quick. So I'm getting a, a little bit of, uh, I think it's a, a nice lingering finish. I'm getting a little bit of cinnamon back there. I'm getting a little bit of caramel, a little bit of oak, but it's just, it's not hanging around real strong, but it's hanging around for a long time. Um, yeah, this is, I'm getting that brown sugar, cinnamon, and uh, almost like, uh, man, um, roasted nuts, roasted nuts. Like D's nuts? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, boy. He walked into that one. <laughs> he should have seen his face. He was solidly thinking about it for a second after I said that it. That was uncalled for. <laughs> Borderline ugly. Okay, so what kind of nuts does it taste like to you? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with these nuts. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. You know I am the uh, the manager at the BGB Speakeasy. And oh, stop it. You ain't kicking anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> I brought no, all the bottles I was going to say, not tonight, because you brought like seven bottles. <laughs> I, all I know is I look over and you have you have two bags. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So, um, But, yeah, so overall, your recommendation on this bottle, are you recommending to buy it? Talk to me. I'll, I'll tell you what, when it was bought for me, I I said thank you. I was very polite, not knowing anything about it. I thought, hey, it's going to be a nice, you know, on ice mixer maybe, you know. I I think this is a fantastic $35 bottle that I don't want to mix it. And candidly, I want to experiment with it on ice, but I'm enjoying it neat. So interesting. Just popped in my head. This bottle has a lot of similarities, and I'm probably going to um, piss some people off with this one, of Elmer T. Lee, right? I mean, very similar in proof. Um, Elmer T. Lee probably has a little more floral notes, and, and again, I'm not trying to go head-to-head, but um, this is a good alternative. And I, and I say Elmer T. Lee because as the um, SRP price is relatively close or yeah. almost the same, <laughs> Elmer T. Lee is hefty from a secondary. So if you are looking for an Elmer T. Lee bottle, this may be a, a really good alternative. Yeah, and the the difference that I would note is the Elmer T. Lee is a little bit thinner, but it's got a little bit more complexity in its flavors. No! Yeah, there's the Buffalo Trace lovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't nothing uh, yeah, like yeah, Elmer T. Lee. Yeah, yeah, terrible review. Yeah, John yeah. McCullough doesn't hold <laughs> candle to Elmer. 
I'm saying he uh, does. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying for $34.99 he does. In all seriousness, my recommendation is if you see this bottle, um, the presentation is very, very nice. Um, I'm going to say buy this bottle at $34.99. I'm going to say, first off, you're not going to probably pay over secondary, so it's safe to say you'll find it at retail. And this is this is a must-have in your collection. I will absolutely get one of these. I, and, and if I see it, I'm going to buy two because this is this is nice starter whiskey. Share yep. with people. It, Somebody who doesn't know a lot, it's a nice lower proof, good flavor, good traditional tastes. Yeah, I think that's important to note. So um, this would be a really good bottle um, if you have people coming over who aren't, um, you know, they're not loving the brown juice. They like more of the clear or mixing things. Um, I think this one on ice or even neat would be a really good introductory, introductory um, whiskey or bourbon. So um, overall, our recommendation is this is a buy. It's a, uh, definitely one you want in your collection. And I, I think uh, I'm looking forward to trying their two other expressions. And you know what? I'm going to back you up. I'm going to give you a – I took a while for it to process, but I'm going to give you a strong second on that whole Elmer T. Lee affordable version. No! Yeah, no! yeah no! look at you. You got it. God! You hit God! it right, brother. Um, well, that's that's what we do at the BGB Speakeasy. Yeah, uh, we just throw down bourbon. I don't know that. We throw darts and sometimes yeah. we stick in the wall. <laughs> there, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> sometimes it lands on the board and sometimes it, it doesn't. That's You'll okay. hear some of those episodes. <laughs> that's okay. Well, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's uh, podcast uh, on uh, a re-emerging label of Green River. Bourbon. If you're one of the 25 lucky states, go find a bottle. Try it. I, I'm going to say you won't be disappointed. All right. Thank you, everybody. Cheers.